0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 63, and it is our listeners' questions answered. Painful sex, orgasm, and turning her on. We've got a lot to cover in this episode
1: yes and first of all we want to thank you for reaching out we love receiving your questions and uh, just a little reminder too that this is always our opinions and that in it's in, in no way shape or form medical advice or anything like this uh, but it's to help you as a first step to find some solutions so can, you can have a more thriving sex life So before we dive into the questions, uh, let's say a big thank you to our uh, sponsor. And this episode is brought to you by Power and Mastery, the most complete sexual training for men to develop your stamina, boost your confidence and enhance your sexual abilities. You can check out all about Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com if you're ready to seriously change your sex life.
0: All right, so let's dive into the first question. And the first question, who does it come from?
1: It comes from our constant friend. Oh, yes,
0: great. (laughs) (laughs) You want to take the first one or you want me to?
1: Sure, so our constant friend says, hi there, Love Lab. I'm a new listener and I just started uh, your podcast, which I found through Pinterest and I love it. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so I, I tried to look for the episode to find a, a, an answer to this topic, and I'm hoping you're going to cover this in an episode. So here's what happened. I had an abortion when I was younger. Since then, three years ago then, I've had hypersensitivity in my vulva, and I've been formally diagnosed with vulvodynia. I've also been in a relationship with my partner since and before that. Our sex life has drastically reduced, mostly due to the fact that penetration hurts me to the point where I cry. I'm aroused, I'm feeling horny, but I have conditioned my brain to associate sex with pain. So I find my own libido decreasing and I am attracted to my partner, but I don't feel like sex is good for me, no matter how good he is, because it hurts. I want to be able to pleasure him, but I also want him to be able to pleasure me. Do you have any tips? What can I do or what can we do when it comes to painful sex?
0: Okay. Yes. So we do have some tips. The first thing we want to say is, you know, we understand what you're going through and that it's never fun when sex is painful especially when your partner has needs and wants to engage with you and you just can't. So we absolutely understand that.
1: And we really also want to say like, wow, kudos to you for being willing to try something, even though it hurts. Like when I read like, hey, even though like it makes me cry because it's so painful, I can only imagine just the discomfort in the body. So we're glad that you are reaching out and trying to look for solutions
0: Absolutely. So let's kind of dive into it and dissect it a little bit. So the first thing is, is you've been given this diagnosis of vulvodynia, right? So, you know, vulvodynia uh, is defined as chronic vulvar pain with no known cause. Now, I looked this up because uh, I was not very familiar with this condition. Celine had more experience with it than I did. And, and straight off WebMD, they're saying no known cause. So what I hear when I read that is, ooh, this sounds a lot like one of those labels that they give things when they don't understand what it is, like, say, fibromyalgia or something like that. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, and that doesn't mean that you aren't feeling the pain. What I'm saying is is that it's something that doctors don't understand. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's causing it. They don't know what to do about it, so they just give it this generic label. Mm -hmm. Now... They do list uh, several physical things that could be causing it, like nerve damage, uh, chronic irritation, muscle spasms, things like that. So if that's the case, if it's a physical sort of nuts and bolts kind of thing, well, then the doctors pretty much know how to deal with that, um, and they can help you with the sort of nuts and bolts. They can help you if there's nerve damage or you know uh, muscle issues. So the first my first suggestion is to see whether or not there is actually anything physically wrong. And that's something that your doctor could definitely help you with. But if the doctor comes back and says, "Well, we can't actually really find anything wrong." Well, what what comes in for me when I read your question is that you possibly have unresolved trauma In relation to the abortion that you have So my personal recommendation is to kind of dig into that And to do the interpersonal work And to find out where you might be holding on to some pain Like emotional pain That is then manifesting as physical pain And I think it's important to say too that You know, when I say emotional pain I'm not disregarding the fact that you are actually feeling physical pain mm-hmm. Because emotional pain absolutely can manifest in the body as real physical pain, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that Celine says all the time is, "Is your issues get stuck in the tissues, right?" Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and having an abortion definitely is an invasive procedure. And there's a lot of things when it, when we're talking having an abortion about feeling comfortable with the emotional part of having to terminate a pregnancy, of being invaded with like I don't I don't know how late that was, but it's definitely a very invasive procedure. And one of the things too is to say yeah there's some real things that could have happened, things that could have been damaged, or simply the fact that it was an invasive procedure. And now you're stuck with the memories of that that are in your vagina, in your tissue. And so it's very real. And you want to work also on a physical uh, plane with that. So my the first thing that comes up for me is like you have to stop wanting to do the same sex that you did before. Okay. So maybe sex worked a certain way for you before and you're like, okay, this was my formula. This was my recipe. I added a little bit of this and that, and that came out as the most beautiful sex ever. And now it's like, I want to invite you to become more curious about what does my body need and require? And I want you to really take a stand for yourself in terms of your self-love and self-care. You've been pushing through pain and discomfort. And even though it is brave, it's not helping your body. If you have a cut and you constantly put your finger into a salty water, it's not going to feel good. And so what needs to happen is to take a step back and start doing different things. I want to invite you to find what feels good. How different could sex look like and be like for a while, maybe if I were to take penetration out of the equation? Would um, oral sex feel good? Would massaging just on the outside feel good? Would um, fingering feel good? Is there any inside penetration with different sizes of toys or fingers or no penetration at all? Do I need a really long foreplay? Is there maybe you need to use a, a lube? And I don't quite recommend some of the recommendations that uh, doctors do is to put, uh, is to use a uh, numbing cream. And I personally think it's kind of like a band aid. It's not fixing the problem. It's like, yeah, let's make you numb so you can tolerate the penetration. And I'm like, this doesn't feel good to me.
0: It doesn't solve anything. No. It, and you'll continue to have the problem if that's the route that you go.
1: Yeah. So, And like you got to have a holistic approach that starts to heal all these underlying layers of the emotional pain and the physical pain. So you need to start changing how you do sex, how you approach it, there's conversations and your body is always knowing a lot of the things. And sometimes, you know, we have an episode on your vagina is talking to you, are you listening? And this is similar, like your body is talking to you, your vagina is talking to you. Maybe you're like, yeah, I I want this, but there might be resentments towards your partner. Like if somebody penetrates you and hurts you, I'm pretty sure that there's some resentment that's being built up, even if you don't want to, but there's something that comes up there. So you guys need to start to change how you approach that. I would recommend working with a professional who can help you speak to one another, because this is a very sensitive subject. That means that it's painful physically for you, emotionally, and it's painful for him too. And I'm sure Kevin can speak more into that. But as a guy, if you know that when you're penetrating your woman, she's hurting, you may not feel very enthusiastic about continuing the penetration.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely not. I mean, uh, I, from a guy's point of view, even if she's not enjoying it and it's not painful, like even if she's just not into it, I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, why are we doing this if you're not into it and we're not having a good time? But even more so if it's painful, because the last thing we want to do is actually hurt you.
1: hmm And then I'd say I would love to invite you to explore uh, vaginal massage and, um, like, or yoni mapping, or like there's different names for that. And really, it's about releasing the trauma from directly from your pelvic floor. And it's a very slow approach. And this is something that professionals can offer. People like me do that. We also teach men how to do that in our course, Sexual Mastery, which you can find on PowerAndMastery.com/slash/Sexual-Mastery. Uh, and, uh, like, we teach you, we teach the man how to do this for a woman, how to hold space for that healing that happens um, through the vaginal massage. So, if that's something that your partner is curious about learning and getting guidance from, uh, you can you can do this course or you can work directly with us or somebody else because we're not the only ones. Uh, but I think working hands-on in a very gentle, holistic approach. I'm not a big fan of sticking dilators or things inside to make you like uh, relax your muscle more and like force something. We're talking bringing in, it like 10xing the amount of care and gentleness and love that we give to your pussy at this moment
0: it, trying to force something to relax never works
1: mm-hmm. you can't
0: force something to relax force is what created it to be tense in it th- to begin with so
1: yeah. yeah so i hope that these uh will help you and so remember that there's more to it than the physical there's emotional there's Different layers here that need to be addressed. There's dealing with the physicality of it and changing how you do sex. And there's also integrating a holistic approach and integrating a vaginal massage also to help. And do this as teamwork. But there's also a lot of it that is your own thing to deal with. Um, Before we move to the next question, I wanted to add that oftentimes it's an opportunity for you also to start to accept who you are on a much deeper level and be okay with where you're at and really totally love and accept yourself as you are. And that can be part of the healing in itself, that there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to change things. You just accept where you are and go from there, and that's your first step.
0: Yeah, and I would add to that, accept where you are and accept where you've been. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't change the past, Stuff happens, Mm -hmm. decisions have to be made, you are where you are now, Mm -hmm. you just have to be okay with that.
1: Yeah, and once you get in alignment with all the different parts of yourself, and which I call your free minds, your head, your heart, and your sex, and you become congruent, that's when you're in alignment, that's when things are working properly. When things are all over the place and your head is in one way, your heart is in another direction, and your sex in another direction, nothing can be congruent and feel good. So align all of these.
0: All right, our concerned friend, we hope that was helpful. (laughs) Let's move on to question number two, and this is in regards to orgasms.
1: And it is from Karen.
0: And it is from Karen. Karen says, I'm slowly making my way through your podcasts, which are fabulous. Thank you, Karen. (laughs) I'm not sure how to explain this so it makes sense. However, society seems to say that orgasm for women is this great rush and squealing euphoric time. My question, I'm 52. Is it normal to enjoy the entire journey from kissing, touching, intercourse, be very wet and love it, however, not end up faking being a squealing puddle of orgasm afterwards? I have not had children, and I'm told I'm tight with beautiful pussy control. I have very high sex drive, and due to my wetness, can go for long periods of time enjoying sex or intimacy. When I was younger, I was taught sex... And touching was bad by my mother. I was also touched wrongly by a doctor for three years from 13 to 16. I am widowed, so I say to men as I have been experimenting, but they say it's unusual but nice to meet a woman who is naturally ready and very wet, but also unusual that I don't seem to orgasm. I don't see the point in faking and it's not like I don't enjoy every moment. I hope this makes sense. Yes, it does make sense, Karen. And we have some good advice for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, orgasms come in all shape and form. And I think it's very important because that is definitely something that I talk about a lot with my female clients or in my programs for women too. Because again, we have a model that's being shown. We studied the male orgasm is- intensively and then we don't know much about the female orgasms or the expression of orgasms. And I think that the only person who is an expert on your orgasms is you. And so you need to find out for yourself what an orgasm feels like. And it's like my expressions of my orgasms vary greatly. It can be anywhere from a little like tingle and throughout my whole body or where I feel energized. It could be where I burst into laughter or or crying because there's some emotional things um, that are stuck there. It can be that my body is convulsing and maybe closer to what you're talking about, that place of like that euphoric puddle, like, or it could be like like full-on female ejaculation and I can't control it. I mean, there are so many variations. Now, what I have learned over the years, and I think that's the beauty of aging, is I think that sex gets better and we know our bodies more and, and better. What I have learned is that There is not one orgasm that's better than the other. And that I celebrate every expression of my orgasm. I also want to congratulate you for not faking orgasms, by the way.
0: Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Faking orgasms does nobody any good. Not you, not him, nobody.
1: No, it doesn't. And I think be real. You know, it's like... I mean it's the same like hey I'm my normal. Everybody else is laughing, but I don't find this funny, so I'm not laughing. Yes, you are. You know, it's your experience. And and the fact that you enjoy things, your body is enjoying it and you're wet, there's no pain or discomfort. If sex feels good as sex is something you look forward to, then it's all good. And and really like the, like Kevin was saying when we were prepping for this episode, he said, as long as you're enjoying the sex, it doesn't matter.
0: Exactly. And so yeah, we talked to actually a lot about this in our episode about porn. That is porn helping or hurting your relationship. Mm-hmm. And one of the potential downsides of porn is that everybody looks and goes, oh, that's what sex is supposed to look like. Oh, but I'm
1: supposed to make this face. And as a woman, I'm supposed to arch the pleasure. I should be
0: screaming <laughs> at the top of my lungs from beginning to end, right? And, and that's what, that's the, the danger of porn is that it sets these unrealistic expectations of what sex is supposed to be. Uh-huh. I mean, and you know, if you listen to that episode, we make it very clear, porn sex really is not like real sex. Like maybe occasionally your real sex looks like that. But for the most part, it's probably very different than what you see in porn. And so the idea is just being like, don't get attached to your orgasms having to be any particular way Mm -hmm. or that there even has to be an orgasm. Tantric sex in particular is not at all focused on having an orgasm. It's the journey. It's the experience through. It's the waves of pleasure, whether or not you ever have any sort of an orgasm. And... I think as the, the men who are involved with you, they need to understand that the goal of the sex is not orgasm, mm-hmm. right? So we're like we're men, we're, we're very goal-oriented, <laughs> we're focused, we're going to get shit done, right? Like we're going to get her done. Yeah, mm-hmm, that's right. I got her done. She had four orgasms, right? Like because we're goal-oriented. But the, the problem is, is that's not what it's about. So the men have to understand that just because you may not have had some big, crazy orgasm during the sex doesn't mean that you didn't love the sex. It doesn't mean that they were in any way bad in bed, which is Mm -hmm. how a lot of men will take it. Like, oh, God, she thinks I'm terrible in bed because we had sex and she didn't have an orgasm. Like, trust me the orgasms are really all about her. It's her body. It's her mm-hmm. orgasm. You could be the greatest lover in the world. And if she's not willing to go there or not capable of going there, it's not going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So don't hold your personal worth as a man and your ability as a lover. Uh, you know, don't, don't tie it to whether or not she has an orgasm or how many orgasms she has.
1: And so that's a conversation you need to have with the man that you're having sex with, like before, uh, just to explain, you know, and how sex feels for you. Like, clue them in, like, this is how good it feels, this is what I experience, and for me, an orgasm looks like this, and, and to me, I'm fine, and I'm fine to be, like, having long periods of sex, or, like, be having sex for like an hour, two hours, three hours, and then when I'm complete, I'm complete. The completion is not an ejaculation or me bursting into this this orgasm. As a matter of fact, that's most of the sex that we have... um, where, you know, sometimes I would say like, yeah, it felt a little bit more flat for me where it's not like I went into this high roller coasters and up and down, but it was so very nourishing to my heart and my body and it increased my connection with my husband. So I'm like, yes, this is amazing. And what I love is that Kevin never pressures me to have an orgasm that has to look a certain way. So even if I had like a screaming orgasm with ejaculation the day before, next time we have sex, he's not like, oh this is what's what's coming this is how she needs to make it happen and if I'm just having one of those days where it just feels delicious and I'm just like I know I'm more inward and savoring and it just feels like tingly throughout my body he'll be just as happy
0: absolutely I mean ultimately all that's really important for me is that you're enjoying it and that we're we're enjoying this connection that we're having Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to show up any particular way
1: so I have a question for you here, Karen. Is like, how do your orgasms show up for you when you're by yourself? You know, is there a difference?
0: Ooh, that's a good question.
1: Uh-huh. Because then, uh, then depending if you like, when I'm by you- myself, um, I can experience this or that. And like, I want to encourage you to really let go. But not fake it. it but what does your body, like, how is your body when it's in tremendous amount of pleasure reacting? you know, and maybe you can get there through sex, maybe you can get there through uh, dancing or something else, you know, because hey, that's the beauty of being a woman. For me, I can get turned on by so many different things. And it's not just sexual for me to experience um, sexual energy and orgasms in my body. So. How do you experience orgasms and real, like, great physical pleasure when you're by yourself? Can you give yourself permission to fully let go and feel everything? And is there a difference when you are with somebody? And if there is, what can you do to being able to feel safe enough to let go fully and be vulnerable with that person?
0: Yeah, and so this this uh, is somewhat similar to our first question in the sense that if you're really not having orgasms and you're and you're just not getting there, but you want to, the question to always ask is what's in the way? Mm-hmm. What's preventing that from happening? Because something is preventing it from happening. And so the question I would ask is, you know what's going on in your mind that might be in the way of you fully expressing that orgasm in, in the many different ways that it could potentially be expressed
1: mm-hmm. and then remember too that orgasms feel very different depending on which ones they are a clitorgasm is going to be much more explosive than a much more internal like uh, G-spot area or cervical orgasms that are deeper the spasms feel different it's it's very different how they can show up so are we talking here about just a clitoral orgasm are we talking about not stimulating the clitoris and, and having internal penetration? Have you tried a combination of adding clitoris with penetration? There's, there's a lot of things. And if you feel 100% satisfied with how you feel after sex, that is perfectly fine. There is nowhere you have to go or something you have to reach. Just be fine with that. So really, it's all about you. It's about your experience, how much you enjoy it. If you want to explore more, what else is possible, then we encourage you to do so. Uh, listen to our episodes uh, with Eyal, um, Orgasm Unleashed. And he's got like really good things. We talked about good ways of like, yeah, w- what does an orgasm and, and going from an external orgasm to an internal orgasms and Be on this quest to explore the many flavors of your orgasms.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think there's more than 32 of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Let's move on to our third question here. This question comes from H.J. And H.J. said, hi there. Uh, What works for others does not seem to work for my wife? Although she tells me every day she loves me, it is as if she isn't easily turned on. I'm really getting frustrated. She shows love by doing the normal things a wife does, but not the way I would like her to do. She has said things before like she loves me, but she's not in love with me. She never initiates sex from her own side. I must always make the first move. And that is really not very encouraging. It is painful that she would never do something ex exciting from her side, making me feel undesirable. I have sent her articles and hints as to what she could do. She promises to do so, but never does. She's a really wonderful woman with a lot of good attributes. I love her a lot, but on the sexual side, she frustrates me. What can I do?
0: Okay. Oh, there's a lot of things here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first one that, that came up for me when I was reading this question was you said she shows you love by doing the things a normal wife does, but not the way that you would like her to. So right away, what I hear is love languages, right? Mm -hmm. So she's expressing love, but she's expressing love maybe in her own love language or in some other love language that she might think is yours, but isn't actually yours. Mm -hmm. And so my first suggestion is uh, to go to the four love languages and take the test. The five. Sorry, five love languages. We've only talked about that on this show like twenty times in our sixty something episodes. You think I'd remember the number by now <laughs> Sorry so <laughs> there's a reason I made that mistake actually. It's because one of our guests and good friends has a has a um, uh company called the Four Answers mm-hmm. which is similar to four love languages. I mean the five love languages.
1: Stop confusing people. There are five love languages, which are words of appreciation or affirmation, uh, gifts, quality time, um, acts of service. Acts of service. Oh my goodness.
0: And there is beautiful? one more. I wasn't even going to go there because we didn't, we didn't prep that. So. Anyway, the point is this, is that go find out what your love language is, have a conversation between the two of you, and see if it's possible for you to speak each other's love language. For instance, if yours is touch, which it very well oh, may be. touch, do.
1: that's it, number ah. five.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so if yours is touch, right, and and hers is acts of service, well, there could be some overlap there, but maybe she's, you know, making you great meals and packing your lunch before you go to work and Mm -hmm. doing all that kind of stuff. She's showing you love, but you're over there going, I wish you'd just fucking touch me.
1: Exactly. So it's not landing. It's like you're speaking different languages. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step is to check out your love language. And so go to the five love languages, take the test, and it can tell you which one you are. And then you have to have a conversation and make an agreement together that you are both going to speak each other's language on a daily basis, just to see, just to try it out. And you have to be willing to speak the other person's language, even if it's not yours. And that's where it becomes tricky because people are like, well, but I don't really like to do the touch because it's not my thing. It's like who, nobody cares. It's his thing or her thing. If you love your your, your partner, your wife, your husband, then you're just going to do what it takes to speak their love language.
0: Yes. Now, the second thing, this was kind of big that jumped out uh, at me on the text was, You wrote, she has said things before, like she loves me, but she's not in love with me. Mm -hmm. Uh Aha. You know, there actually is quite a big difference between those two Mm -hmm. things. You know, you can love your cat. (laughs) You can even love your car, but you're not in love with it. Right. And so, you know, one of the things I would say is, you know, you you might want to do some inquiry as to whether or not you're really in the right relationship because you can love tons of people, but it doesn't mean that you're totally in love with them and you want to be in a partnership with them. Having said that, though, it's entirely possible that you could create that love. Mm -hmm. And so we have a whole um, module in our sexual mastery that is about creating the intimacy And so if she's saying something like, "Well, I love you, but I'm not really in love with you, it might just mean that she's just lacking the intimacy and that 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 could be created.
1: Yeah, and that's the electricity, the polarity, the passion in the relationship. If you had that at the beginning and it's not there anymore, it's simply you've become complacent in your relationship where a lot of people fall into. It's so easy when you've been living together for many years, you've been building a life. I mean, we even have to adjust each other like we're like hey we haven't been having as much sex or we've fallen back into habits of like not prioritizing being fully intimate taking the time for each other and if you don't course correct very regularly it becomes really easy to fall into the best friend category you know the one where you love each other so much but then there's no sex
0: there's no spark there's no polarity
1: exactly and so you got to work on that and that what's beautiful about working on the polarity working on the attraction and the passion is you don't need the other persons to do that. You can be uh, making all the changes on your own in terms of becoming the man she wants and she craves, on igniting her feminine energy through your masculine power. And when you do that, she won't be like she, she won't be able to help it, but responds to the new energy that you put out there. Now you can't make changes with like she needs to change this way or that way. You can only change w- yourself. And then you can hope that she will respond. But the thing is, in the process of changing who you are, you're also loving yourself more, becoming a better man. And so you're becoming this better man, whether it's for her or for your next relationship. And that's what I think is great.
0: You know, you just dropped a huge truth bomb in there in like passing. (laughs) So I'm not sure everybody picked it up. So I just want to like say it one more time. And I'm going to slightly restate it, which is you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. Yeah. Right. And and so the little truth bomb that you, you dropped there very subtly <laughs> was that, yes, you can take steps now. You don't need to change her. Mm-hmm. If it's a problem with creating polarity and intimacy, there's a ton of things that you can do right now to change that.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say it and I know it might be hard to hear that, uh, but I have to say that. You know, maybe she's not really initiating sex and wanting sex because she's not getting the sex that she wants and likes.
0: Oh, oh! You know, I saw that one on the list there, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna let Celine say that. <laughs> I'm not going there. It's gotta, that's gotta come from a woman's mouth. But yes, that is very possibly true.
1: Yes, so uh, unfortunately it, it and it doesn't mean that you're a bad lover, but what it means is you probably haven't spoken with each other about what you like and maybe the sex she liked at the beginning of the relationship has changed. Maybe you guys have had kids. Maybe you've, you've put on weight and you're like 20 years older and it's like things change and unless you're having great communication and adjust, and um, you can't always know these things. So it's not all your fault. Maybe she's not communicating. Maybe she's been putting up with something because she's like, oh, well, that's how sex is. Um, and she doesn't want really to hurt your feelings. But this really needs to have a really good conversation, an honest conversation and be okay. Yes. I mean, the, if you're willing to have this conversation with your wife, to me, that means that you're having a step in the right direction because it's mean I'm willing to look at the places where I fall short and I want to make a new uh I want to make new things happen. I want, to, I want to change who I am. You know, I want to become this better man. And this, I think, is worth everything. Even if, let's say, you've fallen short and the sex hasn't been as good, the fact that you're willing to change says a lot about your character.
0: Yeah, and we're, we're not necessarily saying, H.J., that it's your fault, but we're also not saying it's her fault because it takes two right Mm -hmm. in any relationship it takes both people so we're suggesting to look at both sides of the equation and see what you can do
1: yes so we hope this was helpful and um, that you got some good inspiration as always we love having your questions and feel free to email us and go to our site or um, Um, and get the contact form to email us directly to send us your questions. It's in the show notes. It's on the website. So it's everywhere. It's easy to do. We love to hear from you. We appreciate you, um, listening and chiming in and, uh, we love you.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. That's it for this week. And we will see you next week.